Hey guys, welcome to our journal entry podcast. We're so excited that you're here with us today. This podcast is where we give people a place to be vulnerable and share their hearts and testimonies of God's goodness with others. We're your hosts, Giselle and Emily. We hope you guys enjoy. And welcome back to our journal entry podcast, episode fourteen. I We've think. lost count because it's been a while. Been <laughs> We're Forget very sorry. Us. I was sick, and then we just were busy, yeah. and we didn't make time for you guys. And we're really sorry. We'll try to do better. But <laughs> we can't make any promises. Anyway, moving on. Okay, anyway, so today we have. A really cool guest. <laughs> You've to- heard a lot about him. We've, we've mentioned him a lot on this Pretty podcast. Pretty much in every episode. But this this time you get to meet him. Wow. Yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Mike Sonneville. What's going on, guys? <laughs> Gets the uh, that's the best pan. intro I could ask for. Aw. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. No, we can do better. Ready? <laughs> Drum roll, please. Mike Sonneville. Ah. <sighs> That's the crowd. <laughs> All right. That was a good show. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <That's the crowd. laughs> oh, okay. How are you, so, Mike? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Great. We're good. Great. We're a little sleepy. Yeah. Well, I am. Well, it's anyway. time to wake up. <laughs> I know. We've got I'm a so podcast to, to do. episode. So right? Mike's so well. <laughs> <laughs> right? You've built all of this excitement. It's time to go. This is like the, the pinnacle of our, our <laughs> podcasting career. I think Everything maybe after this one, we'll just call it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just... We'll just as yeah. long as you set out the greatest hits album after this. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. You stop while you're ahead before yes. your career plummets into the ground. Yes. We won't do that on you guys. We'll ride this thing right into the ground. Right into the river, baby. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, Mike, uh, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? So, my name's Mike. Um, it is? Yes. Wow. Surprisingly enough. Wow. It is still Mike. Interesting. I live in Florida. Um, I am 35 years old. I work for Revive Church in Stewart, and I also work for Self-Evident Ministry, which we actually can I, can yes. talk yeah. about. Yes. So we do our own Shameless podcast. Plug. Yes. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. All right. I appreciate this. <laughs> but we, uh, we do live Sunday nights at 7 p.m. You can check us out, Self-Evident Podcast. We talk about American history. We mm. talk about politics, social issues, all wrapped up into scripture. And really what good. Says about it. Thank really you. Big advocates for the Constitution. <laughs> right. We love us some Constitution. Amen. See, I knew I liked you guys. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's well, get into it. Oh yeah, Mike is our. Um, oh, I know we've said it before, but Mike is our young adults group pastor, pastor leader, yeah. leader, whatever, guide. <laughs> uh, the guy who stands contract. in front and just yells yeah. at you guys constantly. Right. Gives yeah. us, like, emotional advice. And by emotional advice, I mean, stop doing that. Right. Get up. And Pick ex- yourself up. And I do expect to be called dear leader. <laughs> right. There. And we bow yes. when he enters. Yes. It's perfectly legitimate young adults here. We're kidding. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. You'll never know. Anyway. So let's get into it. Um, Mike, what is on your heart? All right. So I actually, I thought a lot about this because I was, <laughs> it was as late as driving over here of, okay, what do I want to talk about? And there are a couple of different things on my heart. 
And one of the things lately that the Lord has really been putting on my heart is this idea of men, and mm-hmm. masculinity, and, and especially in this, this day and age. And I'm working on a project of how to develop the full man, right? Mm-hmm. And I think especially young guys, guys you know, your age, have a hard time understanding the segment that, that resembles masculinity is bad. Right. I'm being told from the other segment that you have to be hyper-masculine in yeah. order to be a man. And one of the things that's really come through for me lately is like, it's not the difference between man and woman. It's the difference between boy and man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a big difference between how a boy yeah. interacts with the world how man interacts so that's that's really kind of what i want to delve into okay this evening so cool yeah <laughs> this is so exciting that's cool though because i feel like i was kind of thinking about that on sunday i don't remember really? who said it yeah i don't remember who said it at church maybe it was was it at church i don't know i just random rabbit trails in my brain <laughs> i was just thinking about it i guess maybe when they were talking about like the men's breakfast mm-hmm. thing my brain just like went on a rabbit trail and i was like yeah, the concept of men. Interesting. Yeah, so I think that's cool that you bring that up. So you did think about it a little bit. Right. So And mm-hmm. and I know I had told you before we started this that I wanted to kind of get your perspectives first mm-hmm. um, because especially for the, the women who are listening or watching, right. guaranteed like you have questions about, okay, w- what type of man to look for, what, mm-hmm. what should a guy be in this in this world and all of that. Um, So I want you guys to just kind of like open up about this topic with me. um, What, okay, let's go to the Bible, I guess. Sure. Um, (laughs) What does the Bible say about like what a man should be? Like, yeah. Do you want to like talk about that? (laughs) It says something about this guy, Jesus, and you just got to be like him. I'm familiar with him. I think, I think I know. You think you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Wore sandals all the time. Right. I think right. Had a beard. Yes. Jandals. Right. Yeah. Jandals. Jandals. <laughs> Jesus sandals. Jesus sandals. <laughs> um, so, especially biblically, like men, with even Jesus, we tend to picture yeah. him as like this very soft, quiet, small, yeah, weak. Right. Guy. Yeah. You're not right. wrong. <laughs> right. Right. We we You're all tend wrong. to do it because mm-hmm. that's kind of the image that's mm-hmm. put forward. Is this just very like excuse the pun, but effeminate mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, the more you read scripture, like the less I get that sense mm-hmm. of who he is, um, especially because there's times where he's kind of harsh with people. Right. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't care about what other people think. And he's willing to point the finger at the Pharisees mm-hmm. and say, you know, woe to you, you know, and, yeah. and call them whitewashed tombs and call them, uh, John the Baptist called them snakes right. or vipers. And so there's this sense of, like, I liken it to standing your ground. There's some men that when, when they're standing, they're on their ground, mm-hmm. right? They own that piece of land. Wherever they are, they're standing there. They own it. It's theirs. And then there's other men that there's just something about them while they're standing look like you could just push them over. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and that's, I think... Christ embodies just this man who stands. Mm-hmm. And I think even more so, so he grew up as a carpenter. So, right, worked with his hands, was right. very familiar mm-hmm. with physical labor, and like really put like physical effort in, even in his like 
his ministry walk, he walked everywhere. Right. He was a very physically fit person mm-hmm. in the same way that you would think of just like a generally physically fit like man. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He he like you said, he walked everywhere. He he did carpentry. I mean, especially carpentry in those days, you had heavy beams that you were moving yeah, up right. and down and working with with big timber and all of that. And so you know he's got calluses. You know he he works well with his hands. He's he's a hard worker, right? The son of God is probably a hard worker. Right. He's not that guy. You go, Jesus, would you please just get up and finish this? <laughs> Come on, bro. No, fifteen more minutes, man. I gotta sleep. I gotta- <laughs> like. Jesus on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He he does sleep well when he sleeps. Right. right? And it's I think I think he is one of those it, and I've thought a lot about this just mm-hmm. in the concept of Jesus. You notice that Jesus is a carpenter. So he's creating things, right? right. Yeah. But he's also creating things out of wood, which mm-hmm. I think is interesting. He's he's working with the creation to create new things. Right. And I just think when you mm-hmm. when you lay that back to he's the son of God. Like the son of God is taking his own creation mm-hmm. and, he's and creating making something more. new. Yeah. Exactly. Like I, that's, that's really just cool. cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but I think, I think so Jesus is actually a really good example of a masculine man. And I think there's a couple of things that come down on that. He, he, he stands his ground. Mm-hmm. He's confident in what he believes. He's understanding, caring and compassionate yet not overly sentimental, emotional, right? Mm, right. He is emotional, and he, he produces emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it even says when he's, when he's about to raise Lazarus before he does, mm-hmm. it says he wept. Yeah. Um, it shows he's, he's I don't want to say fearful, but he's anxious in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, he's, he's tired and exhausted, you know, for instance, when he's on the boat, you know, and he's sleeping through the storm. Right. You know, and some would say, well, he was sleeping peacefully. Absolutely. But guaranteed, he was probably exhausted because the guy yeah. was walking everywhere, right. taking mm-hmm. care of everybody. He knew when to get angry. He tears apart the temple, you know, the, mm-hmm. with all the money changers. Mm-hmm. So he's a man who shows his emotion, but mm-hmm. he still has this confidence and assurance of who he is yeah. because he never... He never just lets the Pharisees have what they want from him. Right. He won't give in or compromise just because they're pushing him. Yeah. And I think Christ is is that great example. I think there's other examples in the Bible of great men. I think, you know, immediately what comes to mind is David. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I was thinking. Right. <laughs> I was like, when you think of like someone who's really in touch with their and also is very physically strong mm-hmm. and is very like very much stands on what they mm-hmm. believe. Like, David is, like, the first person that comes to mind because you read the Psalms, and he's, Mm -hmm. like, God, like, he's literally pouring himself out, and you can, like, just feel how heavy his heart is in a lot of them, or even, like, in his rejoicing, and, Mm -hmm. like, you can feel how, like, joyful or happy he is in those things, and he's so, like, expressive, Um, but then, like, he leads troops into battle. Right. You know, like, he goes before armies, and he leads his troops into battle, um, and he's just like, every story about him shows that. Um, and when like Saul is chasing him, he sh- holds his composure. He has every opportunity to advance and kind of have his way. And he does it. He, mm-hmm. he holds composure and he's kind of like holds back a little bit because he knows that God is getting ready to do something better. Like he's super in tune to that. 
of like controlling his emotions and knowing exactly kind of like when to pour that out and when to kind of be more reserved and like restrain. So, yeah. And especially that controlling himself, if you noticed with Saul, he has two opportunities to kill Saul. Mm-hmm. Right. And he, his own soldiers even say, look, the Lord's given him into your hands to do what you want, right? Mm-hmm. And he refrains from doing it because he holds integrity. Right. So he, he, he shows self-discipline in the moments mm-hmm. where he really needs it. Yeah. Shows integrity in how he carries himself. He's not, once again, he's not going to compromise. And yet he has this. So the, the word meek in the original Greek mm-hmm. yeah. actually means sheathed mm-hmm. sword, right? So that means somebody who's, who's powerful and dangerous, but under control. Right. And I think very much of David as this mm-hmm. meek man in the sense that he's very powerful. He, you know, they sang about him slaying his ten thousands. He's a, he's a, warrior yeah and Mm -hmm. yet god still says he's a man after my own heart god still puts his line through david and says and kind of shows david of like this is the yeah the guy of the line (laughs) that jesus is the only one who will supplant david but he's in the line of david right so obviously this is a a man who is full of god's heart and a true man and you notice the one time he fails well not the one time, but the time where he messes up big, <laughs> right. that causes a lot of other stuff. He's not at war. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody else is fighting. He's back sitting in the palace. Right. Which shows he wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. He wasn't doing his job. And when a man doesn't do his job, when a man doesn't step up and do what God's called him to do, that's when things yeah, really get nasty right. here. Yeah. You know? That's true. That's really good. <laughs> I was hoping that you'd chime in there. But <laughs> no. I thought you were going to say something. Right. <laughs> no, I like that. No, I think that's really good because I feel like when you look around at society today, you have a lot of problems with like fatherlessness, mm-hmm. people that just, like men that just abandon their families. This isn't to call anybody out, but it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you have like a lot of fatherlessness, a lot of men who who don't know how to be men. Mm-hmm. And so they choose other ways of life, um, which I, and maybe like, maybe we'll get some hate for this, but <laughs> maybe that's that'll be fun. That's where the fun stuff is. <laughs> right, right, you, right. That's where the fun stuff is. Um, but I really believe that that's where a lot of like, things like homosexuality and like a lot of the things of the LGBTQ, R-X-T-U-V. <laughs> All the letters. Hate mail comes in. Right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but not really. I feel like that's where a lot of that stems from. Is because if you don't mm-hmm. have someone to show you in the midst of like trauma and trial and everything that's going on in your life, as a child, if you don't have someone to show you how to deal with that and then how to be a man mm-hmm. in the midst of all of that, whether it's because of fatherlessness or men not stepping up to the plate in the way that they mm-hmm. should for their family. Um, I think that it leads people to make decisions that are like, well, I don't want to be a man if this mm-hmm. is what it means to be a man. Or I don't want to be this kind of man if this is what it means because this is who my father was. Like, look at who you know, my father was or this other man in my life who took advantage of me or who did mm-hmm. all of these terrible things. Um, you see a lot of men that sit on the sidelines, that take steps back, and there's generations that have yeah. suffered because men haven't stepped up. 
and they haven't stepped up to the plate. So that's just where my head was when he said that. So. <laughs> Do you have anything to add to that? No. Okay. I was just listening. I Absolutely. Um, and so I'll go ahead and haul in the hate mail for you. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, let's start let's emailing us now. this exponentially. <laughs> hey, there's, there's, all publicity is good publicity, right? <laughs> um, sure. Didn't like Paris Hilton <laughs> say that? <laughs> If you guys have hate mail, go ahead and send it to Self-Evident Ministries. <laughs> we'll take it. That's fine. I, They're I the men. For, yeah, I can <laughs> speak for Self-Evident right now. Yeah. We're just send it to girls. the men. We're Next week we're going to talk about womanhood, okay? Because do it. No, do it. <laughs> you got to step up. <laughs> so the, you, you hit on something that I don't think a lot of people realize. Now, mm-hmm. we're not working in 100%, but we're, we're working in, in higher numbers, of there seems to be a high correlation between those who who um, get involved into homosexual uh, desires, lifestyle, mm-hmm. that kind of right. thing, and bad relationships with fathers. Whether yeah. a father isn't there, whether the the relationship is strained, whether there's abuse, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of different factors. Now right. that's not the case for everybody. No, yeah. But there does seem to be this high correlation. I and it reminds me of there was a. Some TikTok thing, I think, that I saw. Mike is on TikTok. No, I'm not. That's the worst part. It was, I think it was on, on YouTube. It was a TikTok yeah. video of some guy who would ask people who are LGBT mm-hmm. like five questions. And if oh, they yeah, could yeah, answer yeah. all I five, think I've seen you know that. which one I'm talking about? I, and I think. It, and like the know. third question, he always, he, it was like five things about me. And it, if any of these aren't true, then you lose mm-hmm. the game or whatever. And like the third one, he'd ask, I have a good relationship with my father. Mm-hmm. And time after time after time after time, the people would, oh, you know, I'm mm-hmm. out. Right. And, and obviously not that that's the full yeah. sample size, but yeah. it, it gives this kind of indication that, especially for men, we need a good role model. Mm-hmm. to help bring us up. Now, that's not saying that a man who doesn't have another man in his life can't become a good no, man. No, right. But he has to have this good role model in his life mm-hmm. at some point, somewhere, in order to have the most amount of success mm-hmm. or the, the best chance at success. Right. Um, and what happens is a guy who doesn't have a good role model in his life will look to other guys about his age or a little bit older than him frantically grabbing it. I think that's what happens in the inner cities. And when we explore this idea of the inner cities, there's an issue there. We all admit it. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what's going on? People point to the father or to the family. I point to the father. Yeah. Right. So what happens in the inner city and I, I really believe this to be true, is you've got something like a 70 to 75% single mother rate mm-hmm, in right, the inner yeah. cities. So you have a large swath of young boys who are growing up without an older real male figure mm-hmm, in their life. Right. So who do they look to? They look to the guys who they think are cool mm-hmm. when they're coming of age. Yeah. who's cool the gang members mm-hmm. the guys who are carrying a gun the guys who are selling drugs the guys who are driving the nice car and so what happens is you build build this generational perpetual motion machine of who the young boys look up to the other young boys who are the age of men and i make that distinction particularly 
They may be 25, they may be 30, but they're young boys at heart because Mm -hmm. they they never stepped over into being real men. Right. And they just continued to chase what they had learned when they were 10, 12, 13 years old. Mm -hmm. And if you want to shift the men, you have to raise up boys to become men. Right. Hashtag boys to men. Sorry. <laughs> I had to do it. My job is done. You've made the perfect <laughs> Thank reference. Thank you. We can cut now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, let's talk about toxic masculinity. Okay. What do you think about that? Like the whole... Because I know there was this um, ad about... I think it was like a watch like commercial I don't know I forgot what it was right and they talked about like toxic masculinity it's a phrase I feel like that's thrown around so much right now and it's like I feel like even to the point where like at least now it's like even just being a man Mm -hmm. is toxic masculinity is that what you guys kind of sense especially with your age range is like just being a man is pretty much toxic at this point (laughs) in a lot of ways yes or like being a man without having consideration to mm-hmm. like the gay community or being sensitive to like women's rights. Like if mm-hmm. you're not like thinking about those things, then like your masculinity is toxic. Yeah. And it's kind of like I just feel like men right now are just being hated like in general. Like right. white men in specific like specifically. More hate True. mail. Yeah. Yay! Uh, white I'm, straight men. Yeah, exactly. I'm the most hated person on earth. You're welcome. Law. <laughs> I, I just, I just part think, two. <laughs> I just think like it's so stupid and unfair because like you didn't have a choice. You I know? didn't. Right. You're like you were just right. born that way, and and the fact that everybody's just grouped into this thing like every straight white male is just a bad person like right i'm gonna gonna say this this i'm gonna say this knowing that we're probably already gonna get crap for everything else that we've Mm -hmm. said but there are toxic men in every ethnic culture group Mm -hmm. there is toxic masculinity in every ethnic culture group whether you're white black hispanic uh asian native american like what however you identify there's toxic masculinity, at least in the way that culture has decided to define it now, in every people group, whether you decide to realize it or not. Yeah. And pinpointing it on white, straight men is, like, wrong. It's You're being blind to the issue of men just in general, mm-hmm. and you're just pinpointing and focusing on, well, this person is the problem because they've always been the problem and it's like well no you're you're kind of part of the problem too yeah. like we take some ownership yeah. here we're all kind of part of the problem yeah. we all need to do a little bit better yeah. but to pinpoint on like one like you're saying mm-hmm. like to on one specific people group is unfair because they had no choice yeah in that and it's like um what you're saying how everybody like pretty much has a part it like plays a part in it it's like um everybody's just so obsessed with blaming other people right. for like any kind of problem that arises it's like okay we have to blame it on somebody so let's just blame it on this group specifically right 
Because they've always been the problem, and that just is what's easy. It's just so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, it's like nobody, nobody takes ownership yeah, for anything exactly. anymore. Nobody takes responsibility for their action. It's like okay, let's just blame, like shift blame. It's right, so and it's like I feel like it's even to the point. This is a little bit off topic. It's even to the point where it's like we're blaming people from like a hundred years ago mm-hmm. or like two hundred years ago. It's like you really don't have anybody else that you can blame for the problems going on in society today. That you're blaming people who lived their lives and died 200 years ago. Congratulations. You've officially just completely stretched it out. It's, isn't it so easy then to just like point and say, well, it's their fault. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything in my life is the way it is. Because mm-hmm. they can't defend themselves. Mm-hmm. There's right. no way for them to stand up and yeah. be like, well, that's not actually how it was. You have a misguided perception of mm-hmm. what actually happened or how things actually got to be this way. Yeah. It's blaming someone who has no voice mm-hmm. is what it is. And they've actually, you know, to go along that rabbit trail, they've actually silenced the voice. It's going to sound horrible because nobody will care except those who do care, I guess. But they've, <laughs> they've silenced the voice of the white male. Right. Mm-hmm. So we won't hear anything you have to say. And I actually run into it when Massey and I are doing the podcast, right? So Massey's Hispanic, as you know. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about race, I know instantly that what he says will have more yeah. weight mm-hmm. and validity to it than I will. Yeah. Right. And why? Because yeah. white male. Mm-hmm. And what happens is this... and. This will, I'll steer this back into the manhood stuff in a second because I think it's important. Right, it all ties on together. This edge. Yeah. yeah, is what you're really pointing out are two things. You're pointing out victimhood status. Mm-hmm. Yes. People are very mm-hmm. much, victimhood has become the new um, hero. Yeah. Right. And, and if you think about it, what happens is instead of us looking at a hero and saying that person's a hero because of what they achieved and what they accomplished, we're now looking at, Somebody who they've gone through a lot of struggle and saying they're a hero. Mm -hmm. First step. Right. You go through a lot of struggle, you're a hero if you overcome. Yeah, right. Otherwise, you're just a victim. Mm -hmm. But now what we've done is we've decided you don't have to overcome. You don't have to do anything. Stay the victim. Right. Then you're our hero Mm -hmm. because you went through so much. I don't care if you went through so much or not. <laughs> right. I care if you got over it. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, I've exactly. been through a lot. You've been through a lot. You grew up in the Philippines. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a joke, guys. <laughs> she did, but I'm kidding. Um, yeah, like, we've all been through a lot. Mm-hmm. But, like, sitting here sucking my thumb about it and crying about it isn't what... Isn't going to help? Yeah, it? and it's yeah, not beneficial for the people mm-hmm. around me. It's not beneficial for my future family yeah. that I just sit and go... Oh, well, I had a really hard life, so this is why I am this way. And people really praise me for, yeah. you know, having such a hard life and, like, you know, still being alive. Yeah. I was going to say that more harsh, but... <laughs> well, it, it, it buys you points from people who don't matter. Mm-hmm. Right. And you, you get into this, this circular motion, this, mm-hmm. this toilet bowl effect of... Oh, the bigger victim I am, the more points I'll get from the people who, mm-hmm. frankly, their opinion doesn't matter. Right. They'll tell you and pat you on the back, but where are they at the end of the mm-hmm. day? Right. They're, they're not helping you. They're enabling your yeah. downward spiral, mm-hmm. which ties into this idea of self uh, responsibility, individual responsibility, self-sufficiency, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the difference between, and, and you're talking about toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. right? One of the aspects of masculinity is 
a self-sufficiency or an individual responsibility. Now, this is true for women, too. And that's I think the difference is between men and women. It's between yeah. boys and men. Right. Because a boy doesn't want to take responsibility for anything. Right. You ever been around a 15-year-old, a 16-year-old who won't take responsibility for anything? <laughs> yes. It's like you don't deserve job. responsibility then. <laughs> mm -hmm. You look at him and you go, I can't give you any responsibility. Mm -hmm. Right. A man takes full responsibility for himself and for his actions and yeah. his consequences. Right. A boy avoids it. Yeah. Honestly, what I think, and, and that, that goes true for both men and women, but what I think in terms of toxic masculinity is it's not toxic masculinity that's the problem. Mm -hmm. it, and it's rotted boyhood. Right. And what I mean by that is boyhood is in, very important, and it happens to a certain stage. And a lot of civilizations had rites of passage. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the, the one tribe down in the rainforest where they take a, a, like a woven glove and they stick their hand in it. And there's a bunch of bullet ants that are I've sewed into it. I've seen that before, right. Right. And they, they have to leave it on for like 10 minutes. And the bullet ant is like 30 times more painful than a honeybee sting or something. Right. Most powerful bite in the world uh, in terms of ants. They have to leave it on for, I think it's like 10 minutes without making a sound. And then they go through about 24 hours of severe pain and delirium. Right. Like the pain causes delirium. They hallucinate and all of that. And they have to do it, I think it was 20 times before oh they're considered my. a man. Yeah. Gosh. So wow. that, that rite of passage, and I've done some research kind of on the rite of passage, and I found some links through there, is when you have a boy... Mm -hmm. If you put something in front of him of he has to complete this task, mm -hmm. this, this monumental task, and then he can come back to the group and be accepted as a man, he suddenly is ready to take on full responsibility. Right. Because he's done that task, mm -hmm. he's gotten through it, now he can have responsibility. Now, the, the beauty of the thing in the rainforest or several other rites of passage that I've looked into is this element of pain. Mm. I'm not... So, Parents don't be, you know, like shoving hot pokers at your kids or something. But, but this idea of pain is useful because people are scared of pain. Mm -hmm. Boys are scared of pain. Mm -hmm. So they have to do something with the fear and determine they're going to step over their fear and take responsibility and complete the task even if they're scared to do it. Think about the rainforest, how many dangerous things there are. Every time they go out into the forest could be their last. Right. So they have to deal with pain because pain is everywhere around them. They have mm -hmm. to deal with danger. They have to deal with fear. And so these rites of passage teach a boy, you need to now leave behind the things of old and step into the new. Right. There's, uh, I think it's the Algonquins used to give their boys a drug and send them out into the forest. Well, part of the drug, besides the hallucinations and the, and the, the spiritual trip or whatever was it seemed to wipe the childhood memories away from the boy mm. and so he'd come back fresh and if he still had childhood memories they'd send him back out again right do it mm -hmm. again which i think is a sense of leaving behind mm -hmm. the childhood right mm -hmm. leaving behind boyhood so why i call it rotted boyhood is if you ever had a piece of fruit it hits a ripe stage and then if it's left too long mm -hmm. it starts to rot right so I don't think toxic masculinity is the correct term because even the, the American Psychological Association mm -hmm. 
in their last, what was it, DSM-6 or whatever, their last DSM that they came out with, which tells psychiatrists, psychologists how to treat people, they finally started putting stuff in about masculinity or about men. Mm. Because men just don't go to psychologists or therapists. Right. Mm -hmm. People, they don't want to talk about their feelings or their problems. Right. They Mm -hmm. they bottle it in, which, yeah, that's that's a bad direction to go. Seen as manly to suppress how you Mm -hmm. feel, to not be expressive. But what what the psychologists did wrong was they determined that things like competitiveness and confidence and aggression Mm. were considered traits of aggressive or of toxic masculinity. Which they're not. They're not. Because think about if you think about the ideal man, you think about somebody who's competitive, Mm. right? He he stands his ground Mm -hmm. and he's willing to fight back if he needs to. Aggressive in the sense of taking advantage of opportunities that are. Do you want a man that sits on the couch and no. eats Cheetos? Even if somebody like comes to the door is like, hey, I got a job. I'll pay you six figures. And then, well, but that means getting up off the couch. Yeah. Right. right. It's not a it's man. It's super unattractive. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Super. And that's why I want mm-hmm. you guys to kind of get involved in this is like, what do you think of when you think of like the ideal man? Because, and, and I want you to actually tell me, what do you think of when you think of the ideal man in in a reality world, right? You can go first if you want. Well, you're like married and have all this experience <laughs> okay. with, like, like, which I do want to get into. Like, uh, what do I think of as if like I was to marry like a man or? Like, well, somebody, you are married like, to a, married a man, somebody, so. <laughs> or just like in general, like what do I think of? Like, as an ideal man. Yeah, ideal man. And and I I think this goes beyond just your marriage because yeah. he, he presents himself as mm-hmm. a man. So it's it's yeah. not necessarily that you list these ideals and therefore, yeah. are, you know, saying something against him. But, mm-hmm. yeah, what are the – what's well, a man to you? For me, like, a man is hardworking. Um, <laughs> Why? And that's, that's an important question. Like, I don't want – Cause okay, I like we're pretty traditional. Like um, we, I guess like gender roles. <laughs> it's fine. No, like gender roles. We have right. gender roles, yeah. right? Like I am a woman. I take care of the house. I take care of him. Like I feed him and make him dinner and lunch and all that stuff. He goes out and works and provides for for me. And I like my entire life. I even though I never really had like a good um, like representation of what a real man should be. I still had this um, um, like idea of a man like whoever I end up with will take care of me because yeah. I never really like had that like growing up like as a dad. Well, like my biological my biological dad like wasn't present. So like for me growing up, I always thought whenever I get married. My the man that I marry is gonna take care of me. He's gonna work hard to take care of me, like no matter what. And I think like an ideal man is someone who is also like who knows how to stand up for himself, who has a backbone. Like so many guys nowadays like have no backbone. Like they don't know how to stand up for what is right. They don't know how to stand up for what is like for himself, for the people that he cares about. Um, when I think of a real man, he knows like how to do that. Like he knows how to um, 
stand up for, he would stand up for me whenever he needs to. He would stand up for himself whenever he needs to. Like, he does not have to depend on me to do that for him. Right. Like, he's strong enough by himself to do that. Um, someone who is, um, let me see, someone who cares about, like, he's manly, um, but he cares about my emotions. Like, who is, like, um, I don't know how to describe it, who can be, like, tough but can also be soft when he needs to be. Right. Um, and he cares about not just me but, like, other people, and he's, like, willing to be there for other people. Who's Like, someone who serves other people is what I think of as a man, like, uh, when I t- think of, it, like, an ideal man. Um, someone who doesn't just care about, like, okay, what can I get out of this situation? More like, what can I give to other people in this situation? Um, or in this place that I'm in. That's what I think of when I think of a man. That's good. Yeah, I would probably say, like, all of the same things. Um, I talked with with Jody. He'll never watch this, <laughs> but we'll mention him again. <laughs> <laughs> in our last meeting, we actually talked about, so, like, Jody, in case you don't know Mike, coworker, we walked through, um, he's kind of, like, more of, like, my boss, I guess you could say, um, or, like, someone on a slightly higher level than me we walked through kind of like this boundary book and the last chapter that we had walked through was this idea of dating and this idea of like okay what kind of man is a healthy man um which was really eye-opening to come from somebody who comes from a background of having an abusive father and a mother who cowered in the corner um and really just had a super rough childhood came out of that, came to know Christ, and is now trying to be the best man that he can be for his kids and for his wife and for his family and strives every day for that. Um, That's a rabbit trail. Um, (laughs) um, I would say, um, I guess, like, an ideal man is someone who has a backbone, Mm -hmm. who stands up for what is, not just what is right for me or what is right for him or what is right for us, but what is right in the world yeah. and what is right for people. Also, like, biblically, like, right. stands and uh, what, like, On the truth. word of God said. Yeah. Right, and, like, fights for that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't just, okay, yeah, I believe truth. That's yeah. cool. I go to church. Like, check. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, like, I stand on truth and I fight for that and I push that forward. Um, someone who um, will treat me and everyone around them with honor, dignity, and respect. That's, like, a big one for mm-hmm. me. Um, and I'm going to be a trying to be as sensitive as I can because my dad watches this. Um, But I just feel like growing up, it was so confusing because my dad is, for people who don't know my dad, my dad is a very tender-hearted person, I guess Mm -hmm. is a way to put it. Um, And he he fights, I guess, when he needs to. Um, But then my dad, being as reserved as he is, then you have my stepdad who is extremely aggressive, mm-hmm. like overly aggressive to the point where he like is a little manipulative and is just, yeah. um, I don't know. It's just two totally polar opposite pictures mm-hmm. of men uh, growing up and what that example should look like. And then on top of that, never really seeing healthy marriage yeah. to an extent from marriage. my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of like trying to think like, okay, what is a healthy balance of that? Mm -hmm. Someone who 
can be aggressive and can know when to fight and when to stand up, um, but then still treats people with honor, honor mm. dignity, and respect, no matter yeah. who they are. Yeah. Even mm. if he doesn't agree with them or even if they make him upset, yeah. he chooses still to walk forward with his head held high and not like in a prideful way, um, but in a way that doesn't make people resent truth if that makes sense. Right. Because I feel like sometimes there's like this push for like if a man is going to be aggressive, sometimes it allows them to kind of do that in a way that makes people think like, well, I don't want yeah. that if that's mm-hmm. I don't know if any of this makes sense. I feel no, like I'm drowning. <laughs> and and I think so so both of you brought up the idea of backbone. Mm-hmm. Right. Which it's it's interesting because a lot of times I think society tells you that, well, you, you want a more sensitive man. You want mm-hmm. a more caring man. Yeah. Right. Which is really kind of, it's malicious in my eyes because right. we already have men that, aren't, that don't have backbones. Yeah. We, we have men who don't stand up. And so now you're cutting them off the mm-hmm. knees and saying, well, you need to be more sensitive. You, mm-hmm. what, right. And what they're hearing is, I need to be a doormat for everybody else. Then I'll be a real yeah, man. Right. And that's, mm-hmm. that's just not the case. Yeah. You, a man has a backbone, mm-hmm. yet is under control. We get back yeah. to the whole meek yeah, thing. Yeah, right. He's, he's powerful. He's strong. He knows when he needs to fight and defend, mm-hmm. but he's also under control, which that side of, of love, compassion, care mm-hmm. comes into place because... What good is he if he's picking on the smallest thing, right? right? But if he's protecting the smallest thing from the biggest danger, that's a whole different story. And that's where backbone comes into play. The other thing that I think you kind of drew a contrast, which is interesting, is what what you showed in a bit of a contrast was why is it that we, we, for whatever reason, we give more leeway in terms of like masculinity in terms of men who are very mean aggressive angry as opposed to men who are very sad both of them are are negative emotions yeah right Mm -hmm. and both of them are extreme emotions Mm -hmm. and i think i think we've got to recognize which you you did you you kind of recognize okay here are the areas of improvement Mm -hmm. there there are times to where your emotions need to be in check Mm -hmm. and you need to stand Right, and there's there's times where like your anger is doing nobody any good, mm-hmm. and it all it's showing is your own insecurities, yeah. and that's how you act out. Yeah. Right, we all act out mm-hmm. in our emotions. Some just choose sad, some choose angry, yeah. and mm-hmm. they're they're kind of built that way, whether through nature or nurture. Right. Yeah. Um,